you're listening to Leading and Living with Impact and Influence, where we walk with leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. Hey, dude, uh, I'm excited to be talking with you today. You and I have had some really good conversations uh, over David Street Station. I remember it. We had coffee one day. Yes, sir. And uh, we, we really got into some meaningful, deep conversations. And one of the things that always kind of, I just get tired of is superficial conversations. And I know we're not going to have one today. So Philip, thanks for being on the show, brother. <laughs> you know me best. I love it, dude. So uh, for the audience's sake, would you uh, just tell them a little bit about where you're from, your journey from small town Wyoming to Utah, back to the, you know, the big metropolitan area of Casper, Wyoming? <laughs> So I was born and raised a little town that we just discussed off air called yeah. Cowley, Wyoming, C-O-W-L-E-Y. Um, when I first met my wife, she thought it was California. Um, <laughs> I had her tricked for about two months, but I think she was committed by then. But so it's a little town about 45 miles east of Cody, mm -hmm. Wyoming, um, not too far from the Montana line up there. Uh, born and raised there, uh, graduated high school, served a, a mission for my church. Yeah. So for two years, went down to California and served for my church, um, representing Jesus Christ. And then after that, I went to school at Utah State, okay. met my wife. Um, she was a Utah girl through and through. She thought we were going to stay there forever. Oh, yeah. um, so I was planting seeds. Uh, when she listens to this, she's going to be rolling her eyes. But <laughs> So uh, I graduated with a degree in geology. I don't get to use my degree very much um, in my industry. So I graduated with a degree in geology, um, wanted to get back to Wyoming a little bit. And I had a good job. I actually wasn't even using my degree in Utah. Uh -huh. I built a, we had a window cleaning company, just me and my buddies um, in college. And we built that up. And then we started doing handyman work and all this stuff, was making good money. I was able to sell that. And now I'm a State Farm agent here in Casper. Yeah. We've been here for five and a half years, got four daughters, um, a son in heaven named Ezekiel. Mm. And uh, yeah, and so we're here loving it. We love Casper. It's a great place to raise a family. And we yeah. hope to be one of those great families that contribute um, to Casper. That's awesome. You got a lot of estrogen in that household there, brother. <laughs> yes, that is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, so the journey from, from Cali to Utah to Casper, I mean, you wanted to get back to Wyoming. Uh, was Casper just happened to be because you had an opportunity or did you really, did you know much about Casper? Did you like what was here, the community? You had people here that you trusted? It was, it was one of those things where I got in with State Farm. Uh -huh. So I took all their tests. You got to be licensed to do insurance, all that stuff. Yeah. And then you can jump into their portal and kind of see the opportunities nationwide. Mm -hmm. We were going to try to stay somewhere probably in Utah or Wyoming, just because that's where we were from. Yeah. And something came up. But yeah, Casper was not on our radar at all. Mm. It just came down to opportunity. Uh, me and my wife probably, I don't know, once a month talk about how did we end up in Casper? Yeah. Like yeah. she... She visited Casper the first time in July of 2016. We were already committed at that point, and then we moved in October. So, yeah, yep, it's just opportunity, and we came. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, our audience is really big, entrepreneurs, business owners. Uh, a lot of people are just, you know, they're in the midst of that grind and building their company up and, and getting their name out there. What, what has it been, what's it been about entrepreneurship that you've enjoyed. Obviously, you created a company, you sold a company, which is pretty awesome to be able to experience that. You're really an independent owner, independent contractor, even though you represent a brand like we do as a, one of our companies. So what is it that's attractive to you about being an, on, uh, an entrepreneur slash business owner? 
I mean, it, it, I got a great schedule right now. It's yeah. not always that way. I think people, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to work for myself and things are going to be great. Yeah. But you got to put in that time and that effort to get it up off the ground. And so I've done this. This is my second company doing this with. I actually took over a book of business when okay. I came here, which was nice. Yeah. I was given some autos and given some homes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a great team right now. So mainly just, I feel like I'm kind of a, a natural leader which, you know, I've been led by my dad and other great men and women, my mom in my life. And so I feel like I have some things to offer. Now, the test on that, you'd have to go talk to Paul, my team member, and sure. Nicole, my team member, and those around me. But I feel like I have some things to offer, and I try to offer a good working environment to them. We try to produce in a way that we produce organically. And um, so just that flexibility, but I don't want to, I hate listening to podcasts and then you think, oh man, they're, they're self-employed. They just yeah. take vacations all the time. They're never working. That yeah. hasn't been my experience. Yeah, I've worked my butt off, but I'm to a place now five years in where I'm out meeting and greeting people and Paul and Nicole are helping me yeah. um, build it. So. Well, I love it. You know, one of the things you just said there, and and I know you said this with complete humility, a lot of people avoid when they, when they think of themselves as a leader. Uh, because it can sound arrogant and it can sound conceited, right? And I know you say this from once again a uh, a, a place of humility, a place of strength. Um, what is? I mean, have you always been a leader? Is that something that's been innate? Was that something that just uh, that maybe your parents build up in you? Like, where did you get this leadership quality that has now propelled you into a successful career? Um, that's a good question. I would probably, you know, growing up, I was probably a little bit more timid. I played sports and stuff, but I wasn't one of the, I wouldn't say I was one of the leaders on the field uh -huh. by any means, but probably just kind of growing up, um, I, I realized my potential and I saw, um, some people were meant to work for other people and some people were meant to employ other people, not mm -hmm. in a good or bad way. It's just, yeah. just what I saw. Yeah. And I saw that I had those skills and that ability and one of the big things was serving my two-year mission for my church. Yeah. Left my family, um, went out there knocking on doors, doing all that stuff that makes people uncomfortable, and I was actually not uncomfortable doing it. Hmm. And so my wife always talks about, she's like, I can't believe two years you served, like, knocking on doors. I'm like, yep, two years in California. It was, we have some good stories, but um, I realized I could just rise to the occasion, and I did. And so from there, went to school and just kind of kept the ball rolling, and yeah. here I am. I love it. one of the things that you and I uh, have in common is our as our faith, and you and I have some have had some really good conversations about that. You've got um, we've got five children. You've got four children here, and you've got one up in heaven. Uh, and we know the importance of family, and we talked about that uh, to an extent uh, the last time you and I had the, we were able to sit down and have coffee. And I want to kind of go into that realm of it because, you know, we've got, once again, entrepreneurs, business owners, we've got moms and dads, we've got husbands and wives that listen to this. And there's always this constant struggle of, um, of growing a business, becoming successful, putting the time in to do that, but also becoming a great husband, a great wife, a great father, a great mother. Um, and so how have you been able to balance that? You know, I mean, four kids, I got four kids and it's crazy and we manage it. And sometimes we manage it amazing, and sometimes we manage it not really amazing, right? How do you do that? How do you continue to hold the guard and and uh, lead the family while you're leading your company? Well, you got to have good people around you, right? And yeah. my wife, I mean, I couldn't do without her. Like, so she's 
having that same religious background, we're both committed to yeah. the same thing. So we kind of are both drawn to that same thing and commitment to family. And just so, so having a good partner obviously helps someone yeah. that you can be on the same page with. Um, and then just waking up every morning and saying, all right, this is my life time to go get it and, and go to work and realizing, prioritizing things and making sure your priorities are where they need to be. Now, I need to throw a disclaimer out there. I'm far from the perfect husband, sure. the perfect father. Um, I'm, you know, you, you know, I, me and my wife got into a little tussle this morning. That's that's nothing <laughs> new for us. But at the end of the day, we're on the same page. Yeah, we work together. We have the same goals, which is a, a big um, a big deal. And not only that, my wife's a worker. Like she goes to work just like I do. So. Yeah. So what do you do? So what do you do to continue to stay on your game? I mean, uh, as a leader, what, like, do you, uh, is it books that you get into Is a podcast you get into Is it seminars you get into? Like, what is it that continues to help you become the best version of yourself? So I used to read a lot, but ever since my kids, so we just had an eighth month old and she's not the best sleeper. Okay. So we, I haven't had a whole lot of time to myself. Like people are always hitting me up. Hey, have you seen Yellowstone and oh, yeah. all these other things? I'm like, I don't have time. Like I literally watch 10 minutes of of TV a month. I just, I don't have time for it. So probably for me, we go to church every Sunday. We, you know, we read our scriptures, we stay committed. And I figure if I'm going to read anything first, it's going to be my scriptures. If I have time to read anything else, which I usually don't, Uh um, the scriptures come first. And so a lot of that stuff is just, you know, having my priorities and then I, you know, I'd love to be able to say, oh yeah, I read one book a month, and sure. I, but I just don't, I just wake up every morning and say, this is the situation and let's go get it. Yeah. I think there's seasons in our lives, right? You know, and, and that this is a season for you right now to be taking care of your family. You know, it's always interesting. You brought up this, you know, I wish, you know, I, I wish I could say I could I read a book a month. And there was, there's times in my life where I've been able to read through books relatively fast. The problem is, is that I don't ever get to apply it because then I'm moving on to the next one. I'm like, yeah, there's some really great content there, right? And I would tell you, like in the years that I've been able to grow in my leadership and my reasoning of how I and why I um, continue to try to grow myself, I want to get as much value out of that book as possible. So I'm finding myself actually going back and rereading my most important books. And I think that's super important. And I've, I love that you say that you always go back to your most important book. Yeah. The scriptures, right? Yeah. That's, that's what I, if I, if that's the one book I'm going to read and I die, yeah. that's the one I'll, I'll hang my hat on and yeah. take my chances with. Yeah. I think that's awesome, man. So in, a, in, in, uh, in life right now, okay, so I've got two boys and two girls. And so I'm going through as a father, the diversity of having to try to talk to two, well, actually four different personalities, right? We know that four different personalities, but at least I've got boys that I'm trying to lead and grow in a certain way. And I'm trying to grow uh, our daughters in a certain way as well, too. You've got four females, right? Uh, what does that look like as as a dad for you? Like, how are you how are you helping them become their best version? And first of all, maybe just tell everybody their, their ages, first of all, so we have an idea of like what that looks like for your responsibility. So I'll, I'll give you all of their ages this summer because they all got summer birthdays. <laughs> okay. Nevaeh is going to turn 11. Sophia has already turned nine. And Amelia is going to turn seven. Okay. And then we got our eighth month old. So she was born in October. So 
Um, it's funny. My wife gets fired up a little bit because some people are like, oh, bless you. You got all daughters. To me, I whatever. I, sure. I live out of ignorance. That's all I know. And so <laughs> I just I just roll with that. Yeah. Um, I didn't, it's a lot of weddings and a lot of paid for by weddings, by the way, brother. So I'm glad that you're in insurance because you're going to need to make a lot of money to pay for those bad boys. <laughs> oh, that's that's what everyone tells me. I should start um, getting ready now, but yeah. uh, hopefully by then I'll be ready um, when it all comes. But just, just honestly, just being good to their mom yeah. and showing them hopefully they can have trust I don't understand all the psychology of all that stuff, but I've I've read a little bit about it of children and and women and being able to trust. And so I just trying to get my daughters to buy in and trust me as a dad. And yeah. we try to do a lot of activities together. Softball um, next Saturday, they're going to be selling their lambs at the fair here oh, in, okay. in Casper. So we just just try to fill up the calendar with activities, good activities yeah. that we can all participate in, and just being patient and kind and loving and. Um, that's something I got to work on every day. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I, it's funny because so my boys, um, are, well, all of our kids are in sports. So we try to keep, keep them busy as well too. My wife and I were having a conversation probably about three weeks ago and we're just, you know, coming off of a exhausting weekend of sports and we're like, man, like this is so nice just to sit for a moment. Right. But then we really did get into, you know what? I'd rather be busy. We'd rather be busy as a family doing these types of activities then not have much going on and they're sitting there playing Xbox or their boys are getting out and causing trouble with other friends that might be causing trouble or getting influenced by people that we should, we didn't want them to be influenced by. So there is a, there is a purposeful sacrifice that you have to make. And that's the intentionality behind keeping them busy doing the right things. Exactly. And, and I'm all about like, if you can pick up some of their friends who maybe don't have those opportunities, yes. yeah. Throw them in with your family and introduce them to some things. Because we've been blessed. My wife's been a nurse. She's not working right now. But I've had some good jobs that I've worked my butt off, but I have time and some of the money to go grab and pick up some of those those uh, you know, young men and young women who maybe haven't had those opportunities yeah, yeah. and fade them in with my family and make it a big, you know, just try to spread what the opportunities that our family has. Yeah. I like it, man. So you you have a great relationship with your wife. Um do you guys make time for each other? Like, how does that look in, in your busy world? I got to be honest with you. So before our youngest, um, Hannah, was born, we did we went out to dinner a lot. You know, we hung out with friends, did all this stuff. But boy, since she's the last eight months, we've got her, gotten our butts kicked. Yeah. Um, so just because she's so dependent on mom, we've all been there with kids. Sure. So we will get back to that. But right now there's a season, and now's our season to make sure Hannah gets up to where she can, you know, do those things. Yeah. Isn't it funny though, now that you have four, when you only have one, it kind of feels like you don't have any at all, right? Especially with the young baby where you're like, this is actually really easy compared to having all, because we're playing zone. Now we're playing, man, this is great. I remember taking trips down to Denver with our youngest, Grace, when she was in a car seat and we were like, I remember when this used to stress us out having one, right? And now that we've got the four and when we had, when she was a baby, it was just her. It was like, this is actually really enjoyable, but your perspective on life changes and it will change because we're at a stage right now where the kids are old enough where we can actually have more time together. We can go on our dates. We don't have to worry about uh, the kids completely burning the house down or anything you know tremendously bad happening. So it is definitely a season of life that you're in right now. So does your wife understand the zone versus man comparison? Because I love that analogy. Oh yeah, right? without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. And we knew going into it because she comes from a family of three. I come from a family of seven. So we talked about what that's going to look like. And 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it really is. And, and just like what you've talked about is that you have to be there to support each other. You have to be there to, uh, pick, pick up each other when, you know, one's drained and the other one has a little bit more energy, you know? So yeah. it's, it is a team team game for sure. And when you can identify that and realize that the sooner, the better, the happier your life's going to be for sure. Right. Absolutely. And the, the women take the brunt of it. We get to go to work and get some separation from our kids in their home yeah. all day for lack of better words, battling with the kids. Yeah, exactly. So talk to me a little bit about like the future for you. Like, what is it that drives you? You've got, once again, you're raising, uh, babies, uh, you've got a, a great business. It's becoming successful. You're getting a little bit more of your time back, but what is, what drives you going forward to continue to grow yourself, your company, your family, all of the things that help you become successful? I would say, I just think we're here for a greater purpose, right? There's more to this life than just me and you, you know, in this room in a podcast. And yeah. so I think the more knowledge we can attain here, the more, I, I just think there's more to this. And so I try to keep that perspective in all things that I do everywhere I go, decisions that I make, obviously far from perfect, sure. um, fall down, got to get back up. But I think there's more to this and, and uh, you know, you just got to keep going forward. So, yeah. What, what is it that you feel like you need to be working on personally for you to become a better leader? Is there any areas that you have identified where you're like, I need to learn to do this better? Yeah, I think I need more patience, <laughs> right? You can you can only take what the market gives you. Uh -huh. um, so in my, my industry, um, we're, it's very price sensitive. Yeah. So people, it's all based on, not all of it, but you can offer some other things other than price, but insurance, it's, you know, a lot of it's price. And so you just got to be patient with my team members, with, I don't set rate, right? That's sure. all done through State Farm. And so you kind of got to be patient. And when the season is ripe for the taking, you better be ready to capitalize on it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you continue to grow and you, you know, you continue to face challenges, have you, have you created, um, I call it a board, you know, a board of people that you trust, that you turn to when times are challenging or when you need to celebrate. Have you, do you have that? Is that, have you created somebody other than your wife, which is obviously a very stronghold for you, but anybody else or any, is that, is that have been important to you? Have you discovered that in your life yet? Absolutely. Um, like, like you said, wife comes first. Then after that, you got to have good people around you. Yeah that you can pick up, but then they can help pick you up at the same time. Like no one gets to the point of success on their own, Yeah. right? I, I was raised by a dad who's got a very successful company and he's done very well. And he's always said that you can't do this on your own. Yeah. So you gotta have good people watching, watching your back, helping you out. And that goes both ways because if you're not doing that and reciprocating that, then you're gonna lose those relationships and you're gonna be on your own before you know it. Mm -hmm. well, what would you say, um, to a young entrepreneur right now that, you know, they, they've got a, they've got this vision of who they want to be. They've got a passion for a certain industry. And they're like, man, I just, I, I got this feeling. I got to do this. I got to do this on my own. Like w having gone through building a company, selling it now, building another company, having it become successful. What would, what advice would you give them? Hey, listen, you got to make sure you're doing this, or you got to make sure that you implement this into your system. Like wh what is it that would help them get off on the right foot? Um, I, one thing I've always, maybe this is too simplistic, maybe you're looking for something else, but keep your overhead low starting out, oh. right? Look for opportunities, but I think a lot of people invest a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And if there's opportunity, maybe the opportunity calls for that. But if there's not, and you're just going to have a steady, slow growth, 
keep your, keep your, you know, maybe your, when I started out, you know, my office rent here was super cheap. Yeah. All those things I tried to, where other people go and spend a ton on an office and yeah. they're, they're paying more. So then I can keep more of my money, hire good people. I believe in employees over anything. Yeah. And so my number one goal is to keep as much money as I could in my pocket to hire good people to help me. And so my investment was in people, not in building and, and advertising and all these other things. I could do the advertising on my own. So, you know, invest in good people. That's I think where you should stick your money, keep your overhead low. And when the opportunity does come, maybe you do take out that big loan and you invest and dump money into something because then you can turn around and start making a profit. But just look for those opportunities. In my industry right now, the agent always comes, or the opportunity always comes before the agent. So hmm. it doesn't matter how good of an agent you are. If you're in a bad rate environment, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Right? And so once those rates turn, you can go and capitalize. So invest in good people, keep your over overhead low until there's an opportunity. I think that's brilliant. I mean, really, really good. Uh, I remember about a month ago, I was talking to somebody about leadership and what it looks like to be in, you know, what, what are the things that you should be doing as a leader in your company? And one of them is, I think a huge pillar is managing expenses. And I've learned that not because I've been perfect, but more of like, okay, how did we end up here? Why are we in this position, right? And then we look at it and we start to look at the P&Ls and the numbers and we're like, well, it's because our overhead is so much or because we're spending way more money than we have coming in, right? Ex managing expenses is an absolute for any leader or successful business. So I, I think you're right on. I think it seems super simplistic, but it takes a tremendous amount of discipline to do that. And I think if you can't manage your own personal expenses, yeah. you're going to have a hard time in your business. I mean, they totally correlate, right? Yeah. So Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. See, my wife, she's the pincher, and I have not been ever known for doing that. So there's a good balance in that. And I've got people in our company, especially my CFO, she is a pincher. So she's always questioning every expense that I have. And so she's finally gotten into my head and gone, okay, every time I swipe that credit card or write that check, I've always got, I've got, always got our, our CFO in the back of my head going, why are we need this? Why are we doing this? So you always need to have good people with you, right? You can't see me, but I'm laughing at Josh right now. So I could <laughs> see that out of Josh. <laughs> well, hey, dude, I really enjoyed you being on the podcast. Uh, I love it just and, and, and with the last uh, words of wisdom for people out there. Um, you know, we are in a, a changing economy right now. Um, you know, it's uh, inflation is at ultimate high right now. There's a lot of challenges going on um, in the world as well, too. You know, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uh, people pointing the fingers at the other people and lack of responsibility. I mean, you name it across the board. We are just getting bombarded by every single angle in life right now. What is it that gives you hope? What is it that you can... Um, instill or just give hope to our audience that we're going to be okay? Well, I, I think good is always going to win out, right? Yeah. And I think those, those people that are smart, that build those relationships that are there for other people will always win out too. And so I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how this all ends. I don't know if anyone does, right? And, it, and it's not going to end. I don't, I, that sounded probably a little negative, but I don't know, you know, at some point we all cross over to the other side and we yeah. leave a legacy behind us. But, um, you know, just just keep going because the battles are worth it, right? It's yeah. it's it's a struggle sometimes. Anyone, you wake up in the morning like, oh man, I got so much to do and I'm feeling overwhelmed, but it's all worth it. It's all going to work out in the end. Yeah. Um, just, just stay strong and build that network of good people. Yeah. You know, that's for me, relationships are everything. 
Yeah, I would 100% agree. I will say, as men of faith, I think we can all agree to this, is that we know we know who wins at the end of the day. Absolutely. And we just don't know when it's going to come and when we're going to be in that position. But we know who wins at the end of the day, and that should give us the hope and the peace that we are striving for. So, Absolutely. And we need to be ready. Amen to that. No doubt about it. All right, you guys. Hey, listen, I enjoyed my conversation with my man, Philip, And uh, as well, as you all know, there's no fee for this episode. There's no fee for any of our podcasts. But what you have to do is you have to share this. You have to get this into the hands of somebody that you know it will make an impact in their life. So this one, like all the other ones, you know you got to share this. So love you. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And we'll talk to you soon.